It's Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com, coming soon to iOS and Android. The ability to create, and um, that's definitely my most, most dominant gift, without a doubt. Um, and I've realized most recently that it's not just creativity in terms of marketing strategies or content strategies. It struck me recently that I literally have the ability to create the life that I want for myself. Mm. I put things in place in my life to make it work for me. That's literally the brain that God has given me, where I pay attention to every single thing. And, you know, one of my slogans right now, personal slogans, is I'm designing my dream life, like literally putting every single thing in place down from when I want to wake up, when I want to go to sleep, when I want to read, when I want to take courses, you know, every single bit of my life, um, I'm in a position and I am designing every day to work. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons, yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. But David E. Simons, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. But David E. Simons, yeah. Welcome to another episode of How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, and I'm excited to have Cynthia Deyi on the show today. Cynthia Deyi founded the Content Clinic to help businesses and entrepreneurs escape the abyss of dead-end content and develop content strategies that bring in profits. As an award-winning Hollywood producer, Cynthia leverages storytelling techniques to give the people she works with a significant edge over their competitors. In 2020, she was able to grow her IG page from zero to 10,000 followers in, a, in under 100 days, which is supremely rare. Within that time, she also grew her first coaching business to five figures in under two months, and she hasn't looked back since. Cynthia subsequently created the Content to Client Conversion System, a framework that has helped other businesses increase their profits through content strategy by over 50% in less than a month of application. Her systems rely on the core values that she brings true to her heart. And she's going to share dearly. I know we're going to go into values of purpose, service, and authenticity. Thank you for coming and being on the show. Truly appreciate that, Cynthia. Thank you. Thank you, David. And thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. I know it's going to be good. <laughs> awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. So, Cynthia, let's 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 start the journey in the in the 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 journey from where you are. I know you um, have been a producer in the space and in, in the Hollywood realm. And you also today are a coach, a business coach and a strategist and so many different elements. So take us through the journey from childhood to today. From childhood. Um, so, I, you know, from childhood, I've, I, I was born very creative and I feel we are all born creative. Some of us lose that creativity to the world as we grow up. But, you know, I was born very creative and I, I feel mine is like in my DNA because it came directly from my mom. And my mom, you know, one of the early memories I have of her was literally sketching by hand the whole catalog of like different models and different poses with different outfits on. And so she's a, she, she, one of the ways in which she expressed her creativity was through fashion, fashion design. So, um, I take after my mom in many ways. We're both Pisces as well. We're born in the month of March. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm your typical, I guess, I was born very sensitive, very reserved. And, you know, I feel like sometimes the world doesn't know how to handle that. The world doesn't know how to handle, the world is not, the way the world operates these days is not for people who are born that way. And, you know, especially when, and, and so that's scary to many people, especially parents who want you to be protected and taken care of. 
and so growing up um, I remember you know a lot of what I was taught was how to toughen up and <laughs> toughen up because the world you know wouldn't um, embrace or cuddle or accommodate my sensitivity um, but I was always creative my parents were very supportive of my creativity from when I was little and um, first thing I, I remember wanting to be oddly enough is I thought I wanted to be a lawyer but mm. now when I look back I'm like no <laughs> like i could never imagine myself as a lawyer but i think you know even before i formed a sense of self before i developed a sense of self i feel like the world had already like had already started to project what it thought i should be on me and so i i grew up thinking i wanted to become a lawyer and david can probably relate with this but you know when you come from africa right where a nigerian family nigerian home where you know, like there are very limited ideas of what people can become when they grow up. Doctor, accountant, lawyer, engineer, or as the joke goes, disappointment, right? <laughs> so um, thankfully my parents weren't like that though. They always just wanted to support whatever we wanted to do. So I explored a lot. What that meant was that I explored a lot. There was a time when I thought I was going to be in the WNBA. I played basketball extensively. I played yeah i played for uh the fct team which is the capital of nigeria i played semi-pro for a while oh my gosh <laughs> yeah WNBA, all that all that stuff um, but the creativity kept calling me back right and so after i graduated i studied communications and multimedia for my master's uh, for my bachelor's and then after i graduated a professor of mine at the time like handpicked me from college to come work for his production company and that's how i went into the film industry um, and after that, then I did my NYSC and then I, 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 um, I, um, applied for a master's to several, you know, universities in the United States, including Columbia, the University of Southern California in Los Angeles, got into all of them. I got accepted to Columbia. Columbia didn't offer me money to study though. USC did. So I went to USC. <laughs> nice. So, um, so I went to USC on a full ride scholarship. You know, I was wow. paid a stipend, right. Um, and I was a, what they call a graduate assistant, you know, so I was paid to study at USC pretty much for two years. And mm -hmm. I studied, um, strategic public relations. That's, that was my master's degree. Before that, I studied at the university of Oxford too. It was just like a one year stint in philosophy and, and English. So I'm very well studied. Um, yeah. again, the creativity kept calling me, right? So even after I graduated from USC, film industry called me back. And so I worked as a producer in a small boutique production company who, where they mainly focused on adventure reality type TV shows. So big wave surfing, wingsuits flying, drift car driving, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. And it was like, look at this like Nigerian girl, like working on shows for surfers. And I didn't even know how to surf. Right. But it was, I mean, it was very interesting uh, experience. One that taught me that I'm a fast learner because I really had to learn to be fast on the job. And I remember while I was on that job, I got promoted. I, I started out on that job as an executive assistant to the CEO. Mm. Within two months, I was promoted to production coordinator. Within the next three to four months, I was, I was, I was promoted to supervising producer of the entire company. So I became, I went from executive assistant of the CEO to supervising producer, like literally third in command of the company because they had two VPs, um, in six months. So I, I, I learned fast, grew fast, um, you know, got promoted fast. And then, you know, the, the I, I realized though, that, that the Hollywood lifestyle, and I'm not one to demonize the Hollywood lifestyle. I know that a lot of it, especially in like spiritual circles, like there's a lot of demonization of Hollywood. I just, for me, my reasons were I just thought it wasn't for me. Um, the, and it might, it might, it might, it might relate to the, the concept of my sensitivity, the idea that, you know, I'm a sensitive person or whatever that is, but it just wasn't for me. It was too cutthroat. So I quit my job without a plan and left Los Angeles, <laughs> moved to Atlanta, Georgia, where I live now, and literally started picking myself up again, right? I got a couple of jobs within my first couple of months in Atlanta. I was able to lock in a five-figure contract that, um, and this was right, right before the pandemic hit. So I locked in a five-figure contract that gave me some sort of, you know, financial comfort for the time being while I wanted to figure out, what I, while I you know, look to figure out exactly what I want for myself. And right after I locked in that contract, like everything went to like pretty much the pandemic hits in full force. 
And I remember when I first started fulfilling that contract, it was a contract to create a course for a company. And when I first started fulfilling that contract, it was supposed to be, I was supposed to be fulfilling that course through video. When the pandemic hit and lockdown started, we weren't allowed to film anymore. So I literally just moved into animation. It was a one man operation. Like I did everything, animation, filming, everything. <laughs> and at the end of that contract, I produced 120 course videos in less than like two months or something like that. Um, almost killed me though. Never going to do it again. I was losing so much sleep, David. Um, yeah, but I did that. And then, you know, the pandemic hit, I, I wanted to figure out what I wanted to do for myself. That's when I started to share my expertise online, social media, all that stuff. Um, and then I was quickly, I, I realized that there are people who wanted this stuff and the signs were just there in the amount of people that were following me on a daily basis. I remember one of the pivotal points in my journey was, I, there was a, a specific time I used to share my post every day on that journey. And, you know, I hadn't shared a post at the time, at the same time I always share a post that day. And someone DM'd me and they're like, oh, aren't you going to post today? I'm like, oh, okay. Like, this is not about me and just putting my expertise out there anymore. There are people out there who actually look forward to what I have to say. And so that's when I got the idea that there, may, there might be something in this for me. And so rather than just, you know, get on this journey and grow my following, I started to use my skills to help other business owners because it was attracting a lot of people, right? And I remember the, the only thing I had on my Instagram page at the time I was growing was my 15 minute discovery call link on my free Calendly account, right? And that's where I got my first client. Mm. I got a client after that and one after that and I was quickly able to do the five-figure business in record time and then after that um you asked for the whole story David so I'm telling you the whole yes story. please That's <laughs> very much. That's and, then, and then after that um on my journey I wasn't aware that there was this there were these group of people who had been observing me eight-figure entrepreneur and everything and so she reached out to me and asked me to come coach in her coaching um business and you know i was skeptical at the time because i just gotten burned out and burned in hollywood and quit that and i wasn't looking to um i wasn't looking to rehash that experience but you know i i remember saying you know what let's try this out for three months if it works out we'll continue if it doesn't then i'm out we tried out for three months it worked out for three months and then she invited me to help her start an agency and then i that was what i did for most of last year um, and we were able to build a seven-figure agency in less than 90 days. What? So, yeah, so that was pretty, pretty cool too. And then, you know, again, the thing, the, the ongoing theme in my story has been that no amount of money or shiny objects or glitter can, is worth my purpose, my destiny and my dignity and my values. And so whenever those things start to get threatened, I'm not afraid to leave that situation. And so I quit that situation <laughs> when it started threatening, you know, I quit that situation. I left the company that I built to seven figures. I helped build to seven figures in less than, you know, 90 days behind and I'm doing my own thing again. And my whole thing right now and the people who I really want to reach with my message right now are people who are similar to me, similar temperaments, who feel like they have no choice but to stay in certain situations to make money, right? It might be a job that's ridding you of your purpose. It might be a situation that is threatening your values, a job situation that's threatening your values. Mm -hmm. Or you feel like you have to be there because that's what the world has told you you have to do. I have to stay here. I have to make a salary. I have to do this. I have to do that. My message, the message that you're the people I want to reach with my message now is letting you know it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to compromise yourself. You don't have to compromise your values. You can make money on your own right because even after i quit that job december 2nd and by G the end of january 2023 i'd already doubled my monthly earnings from that job so it's like all my experience before that of quitting jobs and quitting situations that threatened my dignity and my purpose before that came into play and this is the quickest i've ever recovered from quitting a situation um so yeah i think that's the whole story that's where we are now <laughs> Amazing, amazing. There's so many pieces I want to go back to, um, but but we're going to come back to a lot of different points. But I, one thing I, I think when we first connected, I said, "Wow, I admire your your stance for your values." You know, it's it, you lead with your values. You live in a world where um, people are willing to put the values to the side for money, or put the values to the side for for fame, or this thing or that thing, and 
He said, no, that's going to leave. I don't care what it is. I'm going to, so we're going to step into that a little bit later. But um, when you think about all of your journey, you think about your, your life, just looking at yourself, what is your most dominant gift, Cynthia? The ability to create. And um, that's definitely my most, most dominant gift, without a doubt. Um, and I've realized most recently that it's not just creativity in terms of marketing strategies or content strategies. It struck me recently that I literally have the ability to create the life that I want for myself. Mm. Put things in place in my life to make it work for me. So mm. what comes to mind, even as I say that right now, is I remember when I first moved in here. I moved in here into my apartment where I live right now in the middle of the pandemic. And so I sort of like, I literally panic moved because uh, I had a roommate and I was like, this is not the time to be living with someone whose, you know, hygiene standards are not where yours is, you know, and stuff like that. So I like literally panicked and I moved out, but I've quickly built a comfortable home that I love and I'm happy to be in. And, you know, and people don't pay attention to things like this, but that's literally the brain that God has given me where I pay attention to every single thing. And, you know, one of my slogans right now, personal slogans, is I'm designing my dream life. Like, literally putting every single thing in place down from when I want to wake up, when I want to go to sleep, when I want to read, when I want to take courses. You know, every single bit of my life, um, I'm in a position and I am designing every day to work for me. And I feel like we all have that gift. We all have that ability to literally design the life we want for ourselves. But like I said... We live in a world that feeds us a lot of external information that makes us suppress our own power and our own ability to design what we want for ourselves. That's beautiful. I love that. Wow. We should all glean and learn from that, uh, designing our lives. So when did you realize, I mean, I know it comes as a progression, but when did you realize this? The design in my dream life part was, I would say about less than a year ago. Um, mm between six months to a couple of months ago. Um, and I think I had, I was in a point where I was already considering quitting my job, the, the, the seven figure agency that I helped build. And I say job, like it, I was literally tricked into accepting that job because it was presented to me as a partnership. And so when you say something, when you think, when you think about the word partnership, you feel like you have some power, you feel like you can call some, you can make some calls, you know, um, you know, you can call some shots. It turned out that that wasn't what was being offered. And I quickly found that girl, like you just got another job. <laughs> and I was like, what, what happened? Um, so I was starting to consider quitting that job. And, you know, again, I'm a very honest person. It is scary to make certain decisions. It's not like it's always come easily, but I remember I was ruminating over, you know, like this isn't what I signed up for. You know, it's turned out not to be what I signed up for. My values are being threatened here. The value I put in people are being threatened here. The value I put in empathy and kindness, all that's being threatened here. And I was starting to consider all that. And again, those fears were there. And fear that came to me, that was the thought that came to me in the middle of those fears, was you have the power to design the life you have for yourself. God has given you the gift of creation that creativity doesn't just apply to content or to movies or to whatever. You can literally create from the ground up everything that you want to like. Mm. And that was what I told myself at the at the time to encourage myself to make the move. Um, it was one of the things I told myself, was like, look how far you've come, right? Look how far you've come. Look at what you've conquered. So mm. you literally, God has given you the ability to create. We are created in the image of God. God is the ultimate creator. We all have the ability to create the life for ourselves. If only we would leave fear behind and tap into that ability. That's beautiful. So going back, taking knowing that, and then taking this back to childhood, where do you see this pattern interrupting through your life? Pardon of creativity? Yes. So I was one of those kids who would like tinker with the VCR players and stuff. Like the video mm -hmm. players. Like, so yeah, that's one example, right? So as a, as a kid, of course, like you find different ways to apply creativity. Um, I was in dance groups. I remember my first ever dance like exhibition. I was like two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like two years old. But my first ever like dance exhibition, um, Lord knows what I was dancing to, but I was, I was dancing, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was in dance groups. Um, 
I used to, I remember being very into technical class because technical class allowed us to create, you know, certain like, there was this hexagonal shapey thing I created at the time. I just, it just blew my mind. Like I used like roasted gum and stuff like that to create it. Um, what else did I do? I used to sketch a lot. Um, a lot of my friends who I went to college with would do like sketching competitions and we have all these like sketch anime, sketch, you know, like um, cartoons, comic books. I used to be super into comic books. Still am, you know, that 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 child that remains an adult, uh, remains in every adult is still drawn to like comics and cartoons and all that stuff, right? Um, so yeah, so that, that creativity has always been there in so many different ways. I, I still love to sketch even if I, when I find the time, right? Um, but now the most prominent way that it shows itself or manifests itself is through my work with the people that I work with, helping them create marketing strategies, help them, helping them put things in place to create the lives they want for themselves in a nutshell, that's it. Wow, yeah. beautiful. So talk to us about this, um, uh, this creativity, because I think when people hear the word creative, there, you, you kind of mentioned it, you put things in a box. Oh, creative means you're only an artist mm -hmm. or you're only this, or you're only that. But looking and listening to your life, uh, you've just been an extension of creativity in multiple forms from from writing and, and producing, from from dancing and, and, and sketching to content creation and even the creativity of running and building a, a seven-figure agency. So this, what do you say to people that, you know, box creativity into? What? How do you define it? I think creativity is basically your ability to bring to life something that didn't exist before. So whatever that is, whether it's a business idea, right? That's creativity at play. If you lean into that creativity, You'll be able to gather the resources that you need to bring that business idea to actual like tangible life right and creativity i feel like functions functions in um where it comes to humanity it functions in collaboration the creativity of humanity functions in collaboration the only being that doesn't need to function in collaboration of which some ancient understandings will tell you that it does function in collaboration is God, right? So we talk about the different representations of God. Um, for Christians, it's the spirit, the son, the father, right? For other, you know, wisdoms, it's something else, right? But as people, I feel like creativity functions in collaboration. So we're all God body and God has placed some form of his creativity in different ones of us, right? And we're all each unique and we need to collaborate to create, right? Mm -hmm. So if your creativity, for instance, David manifests as a business idea, you might need someone like me, for instance, to help you be the bridge between your idea and the people who need that thing that you have, which is the marketing, right? The content strategy, mm -hmm. right? So, but yeah, in a nutshell, I feel like creativity is your ability to bring something to life that didn't exist before. Whether you are collaborating with people to bring that thing to life, that's resourcefulness, right? It's still creativity. It's still infinite intelligence functioning in you, letting you know, you know, like, for instance, again, I recently left that job and I've been working as a one-man army. And then recently it occurred to me that you can't do this as a one-man army for the long term. I'm starting to build my team. That's part of creativity, bringing a team together, bringing a solid team together that's going to help me um, give me more room to serve with what I do with my gift at a higher level. That's creativity itself. Moving into a new house, buying a couch of a specific color, putting up lights in your in your apartment, putting up the LED light, that's creativity. That thing didn't exist before then. The people who created the LED light, that's their own form of creativity. The person mm -hmm. who created my iPhone, that's his own form of creativity. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. who create cars, that's their own form of creativity, right? That's infinite intelligence, literally inspiring them to create something that will help further humanity somehow. Mm. Yeah, That's so freeing. You just freed a lot of people today because I think <laughs> they just put, them, put creativity in a box. You just took creativity and just unboxed it and helped a lot of people. So um, 
I want to go back to the seven figure agency and then I want to also come back to Hollywood and then there's a couple <laughs> places I want to go to. Um, so 90 days, building an agency to seven figures in 90 days, that is not normal, mm -hmm. right? And, and the type of creativity that I had to take in the collaboration, can you talk and walk through that experience? Mm -hmm. And um, that first, that experience, I, I want to go into the experience itself. There's two, three things. I want to go into the experience itself. I want to go into the values that made you leave. Mm -hmm. and, then, um, and then how you've been able to parlay that into your content business. So the experience itself was just, again, I feel for me, it was a testament to the value of creativity in general, um, a collaborative creativity, because most of the clients we got within those first two, first couple of months were from connections, like from relationships that were already established, right? So one person has a connection with this person and this person says, Hey, work with this company. They do that. You know, like just a network of connections, right? So that's great connections is that how that came to life. And then there was the fulfillment on the back end again, which is like I said, is collaborative creativity, great connections that's collaborative creativity. And then there was the fulfillment of everything, you know, on the back end and you know, bringing those clients in, making sure you're keeping them happy, making sure you're doing the work, all that stuff. So that's that experience in a, in a nutshell. Um, trying to see if there's anything else I could speak to specifically um, about that experience. Yeah, it was just creative collaboration, you know? Um, there was a, uh, a partner of the agency who was this, I think, entertainment lawyer. And so he knew a lot of like celebrities, celebrity adjacent people who needed help, right? Who needed help with their work and marketing. And so through his connections, through a couple of other connections, we were able to bring in all these people really quickly and build the value of the company really quickly. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So could you go into the values piece? That's a big yeah. part of who you are. So I'll, I'll, um, I'll be very mindful of how I explain the values piece because um, the reason being, it's not a judgment of, of anyone. It's just a difference in where you place importance. Mm -hmm. so, um, so one of the things I believe in is the dignity of every single person you come across. I believe that every single person is inherently entitled to a basic level of respect, regardless of who they are society-wise or where society places them on its own way, sometimes twisted way of placing importance on people, right? So, and that includes me, right? Um, I was having another conversation yesterday and we talked about how, you know, the two most important commandments in the Bible, love, God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So the love has to start with the love of self. Mm. And when you have a love and appreciation for self, then you can pass that love and appreciation to your neighbor, right? And in a nutshell, the difference there was that there was a lack of, I think, even awareness of the fact that people, no matter who they are or where you consider or how important you consider them on your social strata, whatever way that the world categorizes people are entitled to a basic sense of dignity, respect, care, love, empathy, to take care of the people around you emotionally, mentally, physically, as much as you can. There was a disregard for that and more of an importance was placed on the function of the company at the expense of so that's, that's just it in a nutshell, right? Um, so more importance was placed on the, comp on, the, on the company and just making sure the company continues to run at the expense of the people who are running the company and pushing the, the company forward. Sometimes it was personal, sometimes it was other people, right? Sometimes it was other people. And um, yeah, that, that was it in a nutshell. That's, that's, it just didn't sit right with me. And... Uh, what I've come to learn is when you're in certain situations and you remain in those situations, you are unknowingly complicit in those situations. You are unknowingly supporting a system that encourages certain behaviors, certain attitudes, and so you're complicit. And I just didn't want to become, that's not something I would be proud to have been complicit in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's it. Wow. And, and 
and this has also been a trend for you to like I, mean, I, I really admire this about you i mean so you mentioned this from the agency side but you also mentioned this from hollywood i have a brother that's in hollywood as well and 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 that's where a lot of people want to be. They want to, to and not just be, stay. Yeah. And, I, and as you shared, we're not demonizing Hollywood necessarily, but we're saying that your values superseded even the very allure and nature. I'm, I'm sure they were taking care of you, most likely from a producer standpoint. Uh, I'm sure there's, there's Hollywood people you get to connect with and the who's who and 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 what kind of strong value you have strong values to be able to just say i'm gonna exit this yeah and probably in the height of it too i'm assuming assuming yeah it, it was it was similar so it was very similar to what happened um and we all have we all have our histories we all have our traumas we all have things we've been through in this world i don't think that gives anyone an excuse to treat people badly though Mm. it's something it's something that i'm very adamant about i don't think i feel like if we all learn to heal ourselves then we'll be in a better position to love our neighbors like we love ourselves like i said right if we all learn to heal whatever issues that we've had whatever has happened heal heal ourselves then we are better positioned to fulfill literally like when in the bible um when someone had asked jesus christ what's the most important commandment and he said it's love right literally just love and if we all learn to heal ourselves we'll be in a better position to do that for other people and so where i come, came to hollywood there are all these wounded people right and i could see that they were wounded but it doesn't give the it doesn't give the way they behave toward other people an excuse to be it's not an excuse um an example is i'm in therapy Right. And it's something I'm very open about. Right. Mm-hmm. Clinical therapy, being spiritual therapy. Right. Mm-hmm. For some of us, your pastors are your therapists. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be in all, th- all, all of them. Right. So I do clinical, I, I do the spiritual, you know, all that stuff. Right. Like I literally mm-hmm. just had therapy a couple of hours ago for the doctors. Mm-hmm. And that's my attempt to heal myself so I don't hurt people. Mm-hmm. And because we can really damage people when we're wounded. It's like I said, hurt people hurt people. That's right. And and so I think it's the response. If, if everyone, you know, a book I'd recommend people reading is The Power of Now. And The Power mm-hmm. of Now again talks about, you know, you know the, the, the universal mind and how uh, a lot of us, because we're so wounded, pollute the world with our woundedness. And I, I believe that. I believe that that's true. And so... Um, so I believe it's it's important if you care about the world of humanity, it's important for each of us to, to aim for some sort of healing of our wounds so mm-hmm. that we can wound other people. And so with Hollywood, the notch in a nutshell, going back to Hollywood, is they are just a lot of wounded people in Hollywood and they're carrying on and spreading those wounds and harming and hurting other people and seeing people as just tools to help them reach their goals instead of as full-fleshed human beings. Um, relationships in Hollywood are very transactional, right? Very mm-hmm. superficial. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember. The only friendships I had in Hollywood that lasted were friendships that I made with people who weren't from the United States, people from other countries. So mm-hmm. my Italian friend comes to mind and my Nigerian friend comes to mind, right? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's just very superficial, very surface level, and people are just tools. And again, that didn't seem right. So, um, we kind of mentioned it, but what are your core values and why are they important to you? I think if you if you ask me in a nutshell what my core values are, um, I feel my core, core values are anything that nurtures humanity. And I say the word nurture because I feel like I'm a nurturer. I feel like I'm a very um, nurturing person in the way that I approach life in general. Um, so my core values will fall under the umbrella of anything that nurtures humanity mm-hmm. whether it's nurturing humanity mentally whether it's nurturing humanity you know through business right business uh, as a business coach um anything that furthers and heals and nurtures humanity is where my core mm-hmm. values lie so i put a lot of value in people mm-hmm. i put a lot of value in people 
Um, and that's not to say I'm perfect. You know, we all make mistakes. Um, For sure. But your ability to identify your mistakes and repair them, right, is what makes us continue. It's like, you know, I'm, we can talk about this because we both know Dr. Myron. He says where there's, con- where there, where there, uh, I'm trying to put it the way he does, but no one can put anything the way Myron does. But basically yeah. what I was trying to say is where there are people, there's conflict. And so, mm-hmm. um, but your ability to, to, your ability to resolve that conflict without harming people irreparably mm-hmm. is what nurtures and continues to allow humanity to grow. So I put a lot of value in people in general, just people yeah. and you know, nurturing their dignity as people. The more that I feel, and I, I have a natural instinct to be more drawn to people who I feel are more in danger. I don't know what that's about, but mm. <laughs> yeah, so that's it in general. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. So as I look through, right, and you know, you're, you're running your agency um, and in the content clinic and there's so many threads I'm seeing as I'm weaving it all, your story all together from the creativity side to from, from, from the child um, the, the writing, right. With, from the, from the producer in Hollywood, the business acumen to build up a business in 90 days. And, and it kind of like cumulatively comes together, um, and produces this amazing business that you're building. But I, I, we're going to talk about the content clinic, but I, but I, but I, also a, a trend and a thread I see through it is your discipline, your work ethic. Right. There's this is something that's not talked about. Right. The, the, this to get to the levels that you've attained. There was a lot of hard work put in. There's a lot of sleepless nights. You mentioned going to, you know, from the animation side, working tirelessly. Yeah. So if you could speak to the development that it takes yeah. to produce in any realm, in every realm that you've been in. So I think one thing that I've been able to identify about myself is my word is my bond. If I say something, I will do that thing. So where that comes into play is if I tell a client, you're going to have this, da-da-da-da-da, it has to happen. It just has to happen, right? So so I just have to do it somehow. I don't know how, but it's, it's just going to have to happen. Um, so that's the first thing. My word is my bond. And then most recently, I've been able to find that my discipline and motivation, whatever you want to call it, comes from understanding of of understanding and sitting more comfortably in my purpose knowing why i'm here and so when and and the beauty of knowing why you're here and sitting in your purpose is that no matter how difficult objectively something might be it doesn't feel difficult anymore because you know that the result is worth it you know so i came out i i shared a youtube video a couple of weeks back and it was basically yeah nothing's difficult as long as the end result is worth it right mm. so you know why you're here you know sorry that's good you gotta say that again that's so powerful nothing is difficult as long as the end result is worth it right mm. so it's like literally nothing's difficult so I'll, another example i was tired last night because for the past three days i've been trying to launch a challenge and i've been working on my funnels and all that stuff my eyes were hurting headaches and I still edited my podcast last night, right? And I scheduled it to go out at 5 a.m. this morning because you know, that's when I released my podcast, right? And again, it was just that thought that it's not difficult because this is me sitting in my purpose. This is me living in my purpose, right? And then I think drive is another thing. I'm a very driven person. Um, I, I, you just, you know, I just know that I'm here for something more. <laughs> And I've, I've always believed I was here for something more. The challenge has just always been, what am I here for, right? Like figuring out what exactly I'm here for and how to express that. But I've always believed that I'm here for something more. So I've always been very driven. And um, so, yeah, so I, I don't mind work. Literally, I don't mind work. And I, I said this to my therapist earlier too, like I don't mind work. Usually, you know what makes work difficult, David? It's people who make work difficult. <laughs> When you're not working around the right people, that's when work becomes difficult. Because work itself for me is nothing. I will keep late all-nighters. I will work late. I don't mind doing all that as long as I'm around the right people. Mm, If I'm among the wrong people, (laughs) that's that's when the exhaustion comes. Like, they exhaust me, not the work, you know? Right. So, um, yeah. So, my word is my bond, drive, and just... It's in my purpose. Is that three things? 
beautifully stated. I've never heard it from that perspective before. Very, very enlightening. So talk to us about the content planet because this is the, the marketing mind, the accumulation of everything that you do. And I've, I've viewed through some of your content. It's uh, really, really impressive. Um, and, and obviously you've been able to build an audience that thinks the same and fast, yeah. in a hurry. So um, talk to us about that and how this was birthed and the growth and all of that. So it's funny, again, it's like, I think it's, that it's through that connection to infinite intelligence, God, whatever you call it, like all these ideas just drop in your mind. And then there's one that just sticks, right? It's like, that's the one, that's the one. That's how the content clinic came to me. Um, so the content clinic is basically a group of businesses, of offers, and our goal is to help people attract the right audiences for their businesses, for what they do. So um, I came up with this illustration about how you're here and there's a bridge and I'm here. And that bridge is literally marketing. And marketing is just any system of activities that place you in front of the people who need your help so you can serve your purpose. Like literally that's what marketing is. Because I know marketing has this like negative connotation now, but it's just like, you know you have a purpose, you know you have people to serve. That marketing is the bridge between you and those people, right? So so under the content clinic, um, and I came up with this other quote, which is marketing is the growth engine of a business and content is the cornerstone of marketing. You can't have great marketing without great content. Mm. So under the content clinic, what we do is we help work on the content and make sure that the content's great. Um, the words, you know, and content, you know, under the umbrella of content, copy, words, social media, all that stuff. So everything content related, make sure it's great. We make sure that it's speaking to the right audiences. And, you know, most recently, as, as I, as I suggested earlier, I hinted at earlier, I'm launching something that will serve specifically people who are where I was years ago, or even most recently people who are stuck in jobs they hate. I strongly believe that the reason you hate the job, like your boss may be telling you it's because you're lazy. Like several bosses have told me in the past, but I'm like, no. And I, it came from a sense of self. I'm like, no, I'm not lazy. I, I love to work. The problem is I'm working with you. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I, I believe that I believe that when you're uncomfortable in a place, in a workplace or whatever, it's not because you're lazy. It's not because you don't want to work. It's because there's something about that place that's out of alignment with who you're meant to be. And that is infinite intelligence calling out to you, letting you know that it's time to leave that place. Right? Even if it was great at some point, infinite intelligence letting you know it's time. It's time. It's time to get on to the next thing. And most of us leave our lives in fear. We stay stuck in that situation. And then we're looking back a couple of years later and you're full of regrets. Because that's the thing with, with infinite energy and purpose. It'll keep calling, right? So my goal is to take what I have, you know, marketing, content, all that stuff, and help people who are in that place where they become dissatisfied, they feel unappreciated, they feel out of alignment with where they are as jobs, and help use what I know help them leave the situations by helping them establish what they're meant to be doing and what's mm. more in alignment with their purpose mm. beautiful so you really help them so really and, and, and correct me if i'm wrong i'm analyzing it yeah so you really help people deal with their identity and their person and who they are and the content is a byproduct of that is perfect that perfect okay. the content marketing storytelling those are just tools at the end of the day, I'm helping you be more in, in alignment with your purpose. That's just mm. it. I'm just helping you. I feel like, you know, like God has given us different ways to use that to help people. For me, it's marketing, it's content, it's, you know, the, you know, all that stuff, storytelling. Mm. But my, my goal is to get people more in alignment with, with their purpose, pretty much, and help mm. them live happier, more fulfilled lives. I love it. So you got to tell us about this IG. How, I mean... That's, that's, that's for a lot of people listening, that's, that's a hard one to crack, right? Yeah. I've been trying to do it. You know, obviously they could pay a, pay some, some bot, follow, get some bot following, but you're talking about authentic follower base. Yeah. How did you, how did you do that? 10K in, in a hundred days. That's, that's not easy. Three pillars, um, consistency, community, conversions, right? 
So I was very focused on building great content, as you can probably see when you go on my page. Great content that helped me express my thought leadership, my, ex my experiences, you know, everything that came together to make me who I am. And then community, I was very focused on building meaningful community, which, mean, which meant I was always commenting on my posts, I was commenting on other people's posts, I was, you know, what people call engaging. Um, but for me, again, I, there needs to be meaning behind everything I do. So I learned to reframe certain things so that it makes meaning, it has meaning for me. So instead of just engagement, it was just about building community. And I was very authentic in the way that I approached building community and very intentional in the way that I approached building community. And then naturally the conversions will come. Once you had those two things, content, mm -hmm. community, conversions will come naturally as a byproduct of staying true to content. The last part, though, which is the bonus part, which is where a lot of people call off consistency. Mm. And last C, consistency is where a lot of people fall off. And this doesn't, doesn't just apply to content. It applies to life in general. I feel like the main thing that stands between people who succeed, get to where they want to be, and people who don't, is consistency. That's mm. the biggest test. The mm. biggest test anyone can go through is how willing are you to stay at this thing no matter how much it looks like it's not working how willing are you to stay at it to get to where you want to be how important is that destination mm -hmm. to you right so another story that comes to mind i remember dr myron told us a story about how i think it was an insurance salesperson or something like that mm -hmm. and he had a sale in a year but he was still trying can you imagine how many people try something for like a month and they're like oh it's not working at all <laughs> right big time and that's it right so it's just like consistency how important is that destination to you um i heard something the other day it said the person who loves walking will go farther further than the person who loves the destination fall mm -hmm. in love with the process regardless of how unrewarding the process might seem in the beginning fall in love with the process because you literally can't rush the process if you want to legitimately succeed, legitimately, mm. like you can, you can make, you can take short ports and succeed illegitimately. But if you want to succeed legitimately, you have to go through the process, and that mm. includes the way that you approach your content as well. Yeah, that is gold, 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 gold. Oh man, Cynthia, I could talk to you for <laughs> hours, hours and hours. I, uh, um, one of the one of the final questions we ask, I'm, I'm like definitely. I, we need to do part two like seriously <laughs> um but one of the final questions we always ask people um is what is the difference between one's gift and one's purpose i think your purpose is the destination your gift is how you get there mm. i think that's the difference that's that's what i can think about right now so your purpose is that thing you're meant to do your gift is the how you're meant to do it the process mm. to do it so yeah. Cool. I, love I love it. So, Cynthia, uh, people that want to connect with you and, and you know learn about more about the content clinic, um, purchase or take advantage of the offers that you have. How, how should they do that? And what offerings do you have available? For people? I have a I have a range of offerings. So there's a content clinic community, and then there are other you know ways that I can help you depending on where you are in business. So my best advice is reach out to me on Instagram at Cynthia Day. Reach out to me on Instagram. We'll have a conversation. We'll figure out where you are in business. Also, if my message about quitting situations that don't serve you anymore resonated with you, I am coming up with, um, I called it the fire your boss challenge. Ooh. Um, right. So if you, if that's something that resonated with you and you feel like my time here is done and I need to like get back on track with my purpose and what I'm meant to do in this world, then just DM me and just say waitlist, like literally waitlist, because I'm building a waitlist for that and it's going fast. Say waitlist and uh, I will go from there. Beautiful, beautiful. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to touch on to, for the people? I just want the people to know that they're powerful. They're way more powerful than they think they are. Um, release their fears, because literally, and everyone has said this, every religion, every ancient wisdom, has said it in some form or the other. Everything you've ever dreamed of is on the other side of fear. And I've seen that that's true. Being so, I, like literally, I always jump before I even know there's somewhere to land. 
<laughs> that's been the theme in my own life. Like I quit my job in LA without knowing what I was going to do next. So literally the other job, like I just quit. And then, you know, like a month later I recovered. If I can do it, jump off the hill or whatever, without knowing where I'll land, without a, a landing pad, you can do it too, you know? So just understand that you're God buddy. Like literally, like for me, when I think about that, I'm like, there's nothing that's impossible. And, you know, for people who are Christians, I know that a lot of people who listen to this podcast will be very Christian leaning. The main difference between Jesus Christ and us right now is Jesus Christ knew 150% he was the son of God. And so there was no doubt in his mind. And that's how I was able to perform all those miracles. But our connection to God is, in, there's an interference between us and our connection to God. And the interference is the world noise all that stuff right and you know it's, it's a continuous process even for me to continue to close or um to continue to eliminate the interference and understand and sit with my power as a child of god but it's a process that's worth embarking on it's a journey that's worth embarking on and just connecting reconnecting with your power as a child of god wow I feel like that's your next book title, Eliminate the Interference. Yeah. Woo. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh man, Cynthia, you 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 dropped the, the gems, the fire. Um, thank you for blessing the people today. Truly blessing me. Um, I know lives will be impacted from this episode. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, David. I appreciate you. Appreciate the opportunity. I search all over the world, struggling to find it. Dear listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it, and I'd love to give that to you as a free gift, as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast dot David, the middle initial D, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S dot com and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode. How I Discover My Gift with David D. Simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious Alive Podcast Network.